0: I would like for you to take your Bible and go to 2 Peter, 2 Peter for just a moment tonight. I think strong families build strong churches. Amen. Strong families are not accidents, believe me. It takes work, it takes effort, and uh, it, uh, it is very important Not only to our church, to our community, to our nation, that uh, the nuclear family stays in place. And uh, I want to say that to some of our folks, it has been a hard, hard year because of the losses and the families. I wish I could make this as painless I could tonight for some of you some of you who have lost the most precious and dearest thing on this earth this past year and uh, but I, I, I know that Our folks, is of the persuasion of people that I'm thinking about, are of a spiritual precept, a spiritual understanding, to realize that God is the one who's in control. I have no doubt about that at all. As I stood at the graveside today, I... I never think about this but I started enumerating in my mind how many folks in that particular family have stood by the graveside and quoted 1 Corinthians 15:51 Behold I show you a mystery We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of eye, the last trump. For the trump of God shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. So, when this corruptible hath put on incorruption, and this mortal shall put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying death, Swallowed up in victory. Just off the top of my head today, at that family, I went back in my mind's eye of five or six different family members I've quoted those verses for. Please don't ever think that I take that lightly. Your loss is my loss. And so tonight I'm preaching on a subject that might seem kind of left-shoed to some of you folk tonight. Don't even apply to you. But I hope you'll try to grab something, a nugget in the, the message even if it's not in your context, you might grab something that would make you a better Christian tomorrow. So if you would please now, I want to read Second Peter chapter 1 and verse number 13. The Bible says... Yea, I think it meet, as long as I am in this tabernacle, to stir you up by putting you in remembrance. We all have a convenient, well-used forgetter. We forget what made us what we are. We forget who helped make us who we are. Again, I would like for you to look at chapter 3 and uh, maybe verse 1, if you would please, for just a moment tonight. Have you ever heard these verses? Wives submit. Have you ever heard this one? Submit in yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Have you ever heard that? You know there's a verse that comes on before that verse. It says, and be not drunk with wine or in excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Would it be all right tonight if I talked to you for just a minute on making submission painless? (laughs) Now, the reason I said a moment ago what I said was, there are folk here tonight that would give the car they drove to church in, if their loved one was here that they could submit again there's no doubt in my mind some of the best submitters in all the world has graduated out of the world Submitting yourselves one to another. Now that we come to the end of this emphasis in the month of June, chapter three, second Peter verse one. This second epistle, beloved, I write unto you in both which I stir up. Your pure minds by way of remembrance. Now I'm going to do something and I don't want to do any destruction to the text. What's this next verse? Okay, be very careful now as I read it. That ye may be mindful of. Now here's my sermon title being mindful of the importance of staying sweethearts. Does anybody remember how much fun it was when we were sweethearts? I bet nothing has changed. (laughs) Now it's not time to pray. You can look up. Someone has said marriage is like your job. It helps if you love the boss. (laughs) It might even help if you like the boss. It seems that uh, we forget real easy after we get married how much fun it was before we got married. Some of you wives remember how he smelt when he came to pick you up. Please do not compare that to the way he is now. <laughs> Many of you wives didn't even, never saw your husband with his hair uncombed until after the honeymoon. That's when he had hair. <laughs> we forget. Very easy how we got our mates, do we not? We forget the promise we made before we roped our mates. We forget how good it felt to be with our mates. Could I please in this crowd tonight please allow me to refresh in our memories of how important it was, how great it was to be sweetheart. You say, I don't need this. We'll bow our heads for five minutes and let you be dismissed if you'd like. You probably don't want it. But we all need it. We get so used to one another that we begin to take each other for granted and that's what happens to our homes. It, it affects our kids. It affects all of our families, whether it's the immediate family. And we are living in a culture today that is trying to destroy the home, the biblical traditional home. I'll not call it a nuclear family. That's the kind that blows up. I'm talking about... A traditional, biblical, Christian family. It helps to like one another. It helps to like to be with one another. And this evening, I'd just like to leave you two or three points, a principle now. And I want you to look back with me to 1 Corinthians chapter number 7, First Corinthians chapter number 7 and I'm not going to dig into that chapter very deeply this evening. I just want to take a one verse and maybe uh, develop a principle to help us tonight uh, around our homes. I've been around here about as long as many of you have and I've seen uh, homes happy and I've seen homes unhappy and I, I just... I just believe I want, to, I want to help you tonight. It's not very deep. It's not so deep you cannot understand. You say, well, preacher, I'm not married yet. This will help you even before yet. It'll even help you after yet. It'll even help you if you can't even spell yet. Just listen and let it sink down real good tonight. Verse 3. Chapter number seven. And if you know the context of chapter number seven, you ought to know in the context in which I'm reading. If you do not know the context in chapter number seven, it might be good if you're going to get married or if you are married, maybe dig a little bit and find out what the context of chapter number seven is all about. I'm reading for you verse three. Let the husband render unto the wife due benevolence, due charity, due love, due concern. Let the husband render unto his wife due benevolence, likewise also the wife unto her husband. That will be a lot easier. Now, listen to me before you go to sleep. That will be a lot easier if you will remember how good it was when you were sweethearts. Is that my, is that somebody trying to call me? Hope not. Benevolence. Render under your husband, your wife. Do benevolence. What your wife deserves, what you deserve, because you are married. You and I are to render, surrender, submit to our mate and give them that which is due them because they said to you, I do. And it will be a whole lot easier if you do it as a sweetheart instead of a cold heart guys brush your teeth you do not have to look like a happy motorcycle rider to be macho you know with bugs in your teeth why would I do Such a crazy thing in our church on Sunday night. Because I jotted down two or three things. There's one thing that sweethearts like, desire, that most husbands and wives have forgotten. Sweethearts, now get this. Like being together. Sometimes, many times, most of the time, that is forgotten as the marriage. Progresses. Fellow told me one night, one time after or right during the ceremony, well, preacher, do you agree with me that the boys, the men always needs a night out with the boys? I said, Yeah, if you'll let the wife go out with the girls. And the girls go the same thing the boys play. go. Well, no, no, preacher, that's not what I was talking about. See, if you're a sweetheart, you don't have to worry about that. Do you know when I met Ginger, I even quit coon hunting for a while. The dog started stinking. And she started smelling good. I think we need to be reminded and realize the importance of our homes that we remain sweethearts, because sweethearts like being together. Before we get married, it's about all we can think about is our sweetheart we act weird you know just take on a whole personality change everything else is secondary everything else is dear lord we just can't wait till we you know we get around them and when we get around them we don't know what to say but it it just so nice we can Hardly wait. I was reading recently about an elderly couple out in the panhandle. A tornado warning came. And, and sure as a world, it just came right down through the town where they were. And they were all hanging on to the bed, the husband and the wife. And suddenly that hurricane hit and whoosh, sweeped up that bed and out the wind and that bed going through the country just a whirling and mama hanging on and daddy hanging on and he looked over and that his wife was just crying like big old baby tears sobbing and he reached over to console her and said now honey that's all right it'll be okay she said I'm not worried about that this is just the first time you and I've been out together in 10 years and I'm just so happy A wife, does that remind you of anything? Oh, yes. Let me help you tonight, if you would please. Uh, Peter, uh, a people marry to be together. And most marriages, now I'm talking to you men and women, most marriage, please, all you folk who's below the age of 75, put your finger in your ears. Most marriage could stand a hot date. You say, "What's a hot date? It's one this evening, after we get out of church, it's still 90 degrees. <laughs> Let somebody else bar your poodle for the night. Let somebody else keep your poodle. Turn the television off. Husbands, go in there and jump in that lilac bush you used to pass when you picking her up before you got married. John, it won't help you. Don't put any pomade on your hair, son. Remember duck tails and pomade and smell good. When you picked her up, every alley cat in town was chasing you down the street all because you was getting ready for her. Remember being sweethearts? You know what would help our church? If some of our husbands and wives started acting like sweethearts again. You know why? Because sweethearts like being together. Amen. That will work every time. You don't understand what's happening in my house. I don't understand what's happening, but I probably can contemplate what's going to happen if you don't feel like being sweethearts again. Amen. A lot of folks I know would give anything in the world to be able to be sweethearts again. We must never take each other for granted. We must never, we owe to our wife and to our mates. Do benevolence, love, understanding, fulfillment. We know that. Please don't be offended. I'm just trying to help our families. Help our husbands, help our wives. You said that old gal won't go out with me. Try it. Just try it. Well he won't know what to do when we go out, won't you tell him? Most husbands and wives are so stupid. Thank you. That's just the way I feel about it too. Well, if you love me, you'd know how to make my bell ring. What if your clingers broke? Well, if you really love me, you'd know. If you really love me, you'd know. Are you kidding I had a couple down in Florida one time tell me that. We just can't talk. I can't tell him and he can't tell me. We, we just can't talk. I told them to go down to the supermarket and get two brown paper bags. Put eye holes in them. A nose hole too in case they really started breathing heavy. And put them over their head and tell each other what they wanted. You say, that's stupid. Why? You've been living together 20 years and you still don't know what each other wants. Well, if he loved me, he'd know how to please me. Why? Did you marry Jehovah? You want something? Tell him. You say, it's embarrassing. They ain't out of bags down at Walmart. (laughs) Stupid, 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 stupid people go through an entire life of marriage making one another miserable all because, well, if he loved me, he'd know what to do. You kidding? The guy don't even know how to put his shoes on. How would he know what to do to you? We're having fun, yeah? I'm glad my wife's having discipleship with somebody because I don't want her to listen to this. (laughs) We just got back from having a wonderful lunch. We argued during the whole lunch, but we had a wonderful lunch. (laughs) There's no person in the world, nobody, As much as I love Andrew and Mandy and all the other kids, there's nobody I like being with more than I like being with my wife. And she says the same thing, but she lies a lot. (laughs) But I like saying nice things to my wife, like, Is dinner about ready? (laughs) There's too much sugar in this tea. Anybody here identify what I'm talking about tonight? It's easy to forget. I said it's easy to forget. And let me tell you something. You forget you deserve what you're going to get. Because your mate deserves what she needs and what he needs. And God put you together to fulfill each other's needs. You don't need to be on, on the pornography programs after everybody else goes to bed. Uh, You you don't need all that junk. You you don't need that. That's why God gave you a mate. A mate. A mate. Sweethearts like being together. Sweethearts, I wrote down, are willing to adjust. I'm a man. You don't have to talk about that. You smell like a man. You don't have to advertise you're a man. If you're a man, you don't have to walk around bragging about it. You show me a man not willing to adjust and I'll show you a man that won't need to in a little while. Well, I run my house. No, you run your mouth. Does marriage depend on having the right mate to or being the right mate. Might all think about that a little bit. I heard about a man the other day, never, never, never did get married. And somebody asked him, said, Why did you not ever get married? He said, Because I was looking for the perfect girl the fellow said well did you ever find her he said yes he said, "Well, what's the problem he said she was looking for the perfect man <laughs> is anybody here tonight amen. could I hear an amen? amen and let me tell you something you are not perfect so why should you expect your ex-sweetheart to be perfect I don't know if this is helping you or not but I'm enjoying it now I my wife loves to cook my taste buds had to adjust to some of the things she's cooking Do I tell her I don't like anything? No. Do I eat it all? No. I have a sick bag right beside of my chair because I'm old and I get sick a lot anymore. Yes. A lot of adjustments in marriage. We have to adjust our attitudes. We have appetite adjustments actions we have to adjust our actions priorities there was a time when i tell our newlyweds who like to counsel premarital counsel the first time i tell first thing i tell them when they meet with me bring your dictionary with you and so when they meet for the first time in my office about premarital counseling i say to the young man turn in your dictionary to the word freedom cut it out Liberty, cut it out. Cause when you say, I do, gone. Freedom, liberty. Now you have to go say, Honey, do you mind if I go fishing? Before you said, I do, you just went fishing. <laughs> you say, I don't have to do that. You're a happy sucker, I'll bet you. <laughs> Come on now. Hang with me, okay? Lots of adjustments, man, when you get married. Fella, was asked after he had just got married does your wife cook? He said, well, does she cook? Last night she made some pumpkin pie. He said, how many pieces of it did you eat? He said, none but a drunk three glasses full. You might have to adjust. (laughs) Are you ready? Okay. Sean's messing on my my delivery up, up here. It's bothering me. Let's not forget to be sweethearts. Sweethearts like being together. Sweethearts adjust. And sweethearts looked their best for each other. At the age of 90, Sarah took such good care of herself that Abraham feared for his life to go to Egypt because his wife was so attractive. Take care of yourself for your mate. Stay sweethearts. Somebody said, Why would you do that? Kind of like that old farmer in Tennessee said, Any old barn looks better painted. Take care of yourself. Amen? Take care of yourself. You said you're about done? Yeah. Because I ain't even liking it anymore. And there's one thing. uh, You know, when I married Miss Ginger, I, I had never dated being saved before now there's a difference in how saved people date and how unsaved unsaved people date so when I met Ginger I met her preaching a revival meeting she's sitting way back in the back, back yonder in the back and uh, she got a our sermon preached right to her. I didn't take my eye off of her for all that time. I conned her into going out with me, pretending that I needed her help in the ministry, doing some tapes and records and stuff of that nature. Because I knew she wouldn't go out with me as ugly as I was, pretty as she was. So I, I kind of conned her. And would you believe that all the time we were dating, we never wasted any time arguing? Sweethearts don't argue. Sweethearts like being together. Sweethearts are willing to adjust. Say when I pick Ginger up, all I had was a pickup truck, and I didn't want anybody to think that I was smooching on her in the front seat, so I made her ride in the back of the truck. I said, you have to adjust, right? I had to keep her off me. I knew she'd just want to kiss me the first night. And I said, i I'd got to help her in her temptation and what all you see. Just thought I'd drop by and stir up your pure minds by way of remembering that sweethearts don't have time to argue. They have time to adjust. They they enjoy being around one another, and uh, they just like being together. Most married folks I read the other day are like beef stew. They're either beefing or stewing about something. I might have told you this years ago, but you'd never guess that. me being '82, it's it's three minutes till eight. Man, that is good. That means we've done everything in an hour. I don't. I don't back when I was a kid I remember the first tractor that came into our part of the country and I told my dad, and I was just a little old boy then Dad, we need a tractor putting a harness on them dumb horses every morning feeding those dumb horses in the morning chasing one of them suckers through that cornfield to back tobacco field all day, that ain't Going to do it, get it. We need a tractor. My daddy, wise beyond his years, said, Son, them tractors will never make it. They pack the ground down. He was right about that, wasn't he? You can't hardly find a tractor anywhere today. Everybody's got one, even my wife's got a tractor. So, back in those days, we had no car. Our mode of transportation was a wooden wagon with steel wheels, steel rims around the wagon. I've sat many hours down in the creek just letting the wheels, the wood in the wheels, soak that the wood might expand and tighten the ring around the wheel. And you'd sit in the creek a little while and you'd move the horses till the wheel moved to the wet place again and sat there for, for hours just letting the wheels soak so the rims didn't come off. Your wagon had a long tongue to guide the wagon with. Put a horse on each side of the tongue. Hook them to a double tree back in the back. It's a, worry, it's a contraption you hook chains too so the horses can blow but now you need the tongue to steer the wagon so you have a long hitch and you hook it to the hames and so when you turn the horses turn the wagon and the horses turn back when I was just a youngin I heard about an elderly couple going to town they put old Bess on one side of the tongue and put old Kate on the other side. Never guess where I picked up on them names. That was the name of the good team of horses my daddy had trained in the woods, logging logs. Daddy bought them and boy, they were great working horses. Mama and daddy hooked old Bess and Kate up to the, Wagging off to town and they go. Unannounced, without anything at all, Mama began to weep and cry and boo-hoo and shed tears running all down her face. Daddy looked at him and said, Well, what in the world is wrong with you? She said, You know, I was just Watching old Kate and Bess, how good they're getting along and how harmonious they're pulling that tongue. Wouldn't it be that nice if we got along like that? He said we could if we only had one tongue between us. (laughs) Sweethearts don't like to argue. Sweethearts, they adjust. Sweethearts like being together. Peter said, I write unto you that I might stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. (laughs) Remember when we were sweethearts.